Father, we thank you for gathering today. We thank you for the prayers that have been prayed. We thank you for all things. We thank you for just being good to us and watching over us and keeping us. We thank you for the songs that we have sung today. We thank you for your glory shining round about us. We thank you for an opportunity to worship you in giving. We thank you just for life itself. Father, as we look into your word, we ask that it will fall upon the good soil of our hearts and that we will grow thereby. We thank you for all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We are into our final episode of this series called Be Healthy. And the significant thing about this series is that it provides us with some areas that we can work on in order to improve our health. We like to focus in the uh, springtime on making sure that we have reduced our body configuration so that we can look a certain way during the summer uh, and then it seems like we get onto a roller coaster of using the the winter months to put on a new layer of of insulation so that we can stay warm um, and then we start to cycle all over again but we're not just talking about the body. We're also talking about your mind and today we're going to talk about your soul because we have to make sure that all aspects of our lives are healthy. That it has a level of health. And so Christian discipleship involves properly understanding the nature of our existence. We are more than our physical lives. God cares for our entire being, including that which is commonly referred to as our soul. And as I said, when we started off on episode number one, episode number one, we talked about wholeness in body, making sure that we are taking care of the temple that God has given us in this world. Then we talked about having the right mind, the right way of thinking and renewing and going along the pathway of renewing our minds. So we call that the mindful path. And today on our final episode, we're going to talk about the soul's journey, the soul's journey. Our definition are as follows. Healthy is conducive to health, wholesome, Salubrious, which means to be favorable to health. This next definition has is, is, is got a lot of words, but I, I want you to listen to me closely. The soul. The soul is the spiritual, rational, and immortal substance in man, which distinguishes him from brutes. This is Webster from 1828. That part of a man which enables him to think and reason and which renders him a subject of moral government. 
The immortality of the soul is a fundamental article of the Christian system. Such is the nature of the human soul that it must have a God, an object of supreme affection. And our final definition is journey. Journey is an act or instance of traveling from one place to another. Now, our scripture that we're going to be looking at today is coming out of Mark, the eighth chapter. And it is on the back end of a familiar story or narrative that we have heard before. Jesus goes to the disciples and he asks the disciples, he says, who do men say that I am? And they said, some say you're Elijah. Some say you're one of the prophets. And then he says, well, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus says, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. So that's what happened before this. And then we get to this part, starting at verse number 30 of Matthew, the eighth chapter. English Standard Version says this, and he strictly charged them to tell no one about him. And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he said this plain, plainly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. And calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake in the Gospels will save it. For what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Lord, we ask a blessing upon the reading of your word, and it will fall upon the good soul of our heart in Jesus' name. If you will allow me, let's walk through this just a little bit so that we can get this understanding of how our soul's journey should be. After he rebukes Peter and tells Peter, you've got your mind focused on the wrong thing. You're focusing on your feelings and your emotions. And even though you heard from God, you ain't hearing from God now. And then, what's what makes it so bad to me? The very next verse, he calls everybody over so he can say, hey, y'all hear what Peter said. And he calls a crowd to him with his disciples, and he says to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If we just stop right there, let's, let's jump into that real quick. It says, if any, he says, if anyone would come after me, which means follow after him, first you got to deny yourself, which means that you need to humble yourself and not put, attempt to put yourself 
first and take up his cross. Jesus is not saying to take up my cross. He's saying that we all have a cross to bear. We all have something that we need God's assistance to overcome. But he's also saying, as you're going to see me take up the cross in order to be sacrificed on, I want you to go through that same process of being humble and not saying anything, but going through the process nonetheless. Now, back in those days, when they did the public executions, the cross member of the cross, the, the thing that went across like this was usually the thing that they carried up to. So they got the opportunity to carry that which they were going to be killed on up the hill. And it was as a public spectacle so that they would know that this person is going to be condemned and executed. And so they had to walk with this big old beam, a railroad tie-like beam across their shoulders up to the crucifixion location. And he's saying for that same thing that we, whatever our cross is, whatever it is, that we bear it. If it's, if it's pride, then we need to humble ourselves under that pride so that God can come in and actually remove the pride from our lives. Boy, I hear the crickets calling. But the thing is, is that the process that we have to go through is not a favorable process. We would love for everything to be a bed of roses. But if you remember, on every bed of roses, you got to hit some thorns. And with this in mind, he says, take up your cross and follow me. Whatever that is that is trying to hold you back from falling under the mantle, the, 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 uh, the power, the yoke of God, take that up as if you're going to be crucified and follow after him. Now let's do this really quickly. It says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Verse number 35 says, for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Let me do this. Let me take that word for and put because. Just for clarity's sake. If anyone will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Because whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. You, you understand where Jesus is going. We have to... Submit ourselves to the word of God. Submit our soul to the word of God. The immortal part of us, the part that's going to live forever, we need to submit it to the word of God. Let's keep going. It says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For what would it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit 
his soul. What would it profit? It would not profit. It would be a zero-sum game. In fact, it would be negative because God wants you to be where he is. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me because what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? I just want this to register today because as I was preparing, it just kept registering with me that he's, he's given us this contrast, this comparison to say you have a choice on where your soul is gone. What journey do you want your soul to take? Do you want your soul to take the journey of taking care of yourself or do you want to take the journey of submitting to God and God taking care of you? The last one he asked the crowd, he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For what can a man give in return for his soul? What can a man give in return for his soul. What is your soul worth? If you could put a denomination on your soul, how much would your soul be worth? Billion, zillion, million dollars? Would it be worth that? Is that enough money to cover you in all eternity? And then Jesus says, because whoever is ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. There was a song a while back that just came to mind. It said that God has a way that you can't go over. God has a way that you can't go under. God has a way that you can't go around. You must come in at the door. Why? Because he's the way the truth and the life. And then it goes on to say, and if you want to see Jesus, you've got to live right. Marvel not, you must be born again. And so we, as we are being born again, our spirit is immediately born again. Our soul has to go through the process of sanctification because we have to retrain our soul in order to adhere to the word of God so that we can live a life that reflects God's glory to all that we encounter. And when we talk about soul, it, it, we're talking about this word that I know you've heard before. In the Greek, the word is psyche. Psyche, it, which is meaning your physical life, it, 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 it's connected 
up to how you live your life as guided by your inner self. So in our attempt to preserve, uh, to protect, and to only do the things that feel good to our physical life actually puts in jeopardy the more essential, the eternal soul of the person. Whereas if you have a willingness to lose even your physical life for the sake of gospel, this will guarantee your eternal being. But if we decide to lose one's soul, then we are lost forever. Jesus wants us to be guided by. He wants us to be living in. He wants us to be walking under the power of this thing called humility. Humbling ourselves and trusting in the fact that the word of God is true. That he says he'll never leave us nor forsake us. He says that if we cast all our cares upon him because he cares for us, that all these things are part of that renewing process that we have to go through in order to prepare our soul to cast off those things that are trying to pull us aside. My note says in the first century, in the Christian first century, an uh, admonition to take up a cross could only have been an admonition, admonition to martyrdom. It reflected the practice of compelling a condemned person to carry the horizontal piece of the cross on which he was going to die. And if we remember, it is not a, a heavy, heavy, uh, it is a heavy, uh, piece of wood that they had to carry. Jesus even got to a point where he couldn't carry his. Yes, yes. And if you look at it, many of his early followers did in fact die by crucifixion and in other ways. And when martyrdom ceased to be common, cross-bearing properly became a symbol of following Jesus and sacrificial service. The concept should never be cheapened by applying it to enduring some irritation or even a major burden. It is closely related to self-denial, involving a, will, a willingness to give up everything dear in life and even life itself for the sake of Jesus. It is a willingness to suffer for Jesus and for others. Then this writer says, such a concept of discipleship is so radical that many contemporary Christians in the West have difficulty relating to it. Yes, and as we go through this process of Following after Jesus. Humbling ourselves. Being and doing what is necessary for us 
to achieve the journey in of living eternally with Jesus. It causes us to reflect God more and more in our lives, in our lifestyles, in our conversations, in our character, in our conduct. It causes us to change how we hold and interact with others. Just think of this as we're coming to a close on this one. If you could have everything in this world, you could have all the money of all the billionaires, you could have all the land of any place, you can have islands, you could have all these things. But if your soul is not right, you will perish just like that money, that land. One of the things that I thought about, a good example of this is winning the lottery. Most people that win the lottery are in a worse state after five years. They usually have lost all, of, they have spent all the money, they have made some things that have caused them to get themselves in some pretty bad situations. Because if you do not have the right mindset and you are not walking with a mind that is focused on doing things in a godly manner, the things will rule you and ultimately destroy you. Why? It's because the flesh wants what the flesh wants, and that is to be satisfied no matter what. For instance, we have, I have witnessed with a, a baby, a newborn baby, the fact that the baby doesn't care what you're doing. It don't care how tired you are. All it says every two hours is, feed me, Seymour. And sometimes they do it more often than that. Why? Because its only concern is, take care of me. And we sometimes do that same type of attitude as a newborn baby. It's all about us, all about me, all about my wants, all my desires, all that I want, me, me, me. And Jesus is saying, put all that aside and take that up as your cross, but follow after him. Don't let that take you down the wrong soul journey. Take the journey that will lead you to eternal life. And finally, he says this, he says, for whoever is ashamed of me and of my words 
in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him will the Son of Man also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Now notice something here. It doesn't say that you're not going to make it. It just says that it's not going to look all pretty for you when you're standing before him. Because there is a crown that is expected to be delivered to everyone who has called on the name of the Lord. And that crown is going to have things on it to, ex to express how diligently you serve the Lord. And some of us is just going to have a stick around our head. And some of us are going to have a crown with many ornaments on it. I would love for us to be able to all be able to walk around heaven with crowns that have everything on it that God expected us for, expected for us to do because we were humbled uh, uh, by, his, by his word and lived in a lifestyle that gave him glory. Amen? Boy, them crickets. But we're going to operate in this manner so that God is most of all glorified in all things. This leads me to my final point, which is the Bible tells us in Romans, the third chapter, in the 23rd verse. It says that the wages of sin is death. Yes, yes. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have already got ourselves in this situation whereby we are going to get a, re uh, a reward for our conduct in this life. If our conduct has not had an, uh, a, a time where we have accepted Jesus into our lives, then the sin that we have committed is going to be our wages. And that is death. But today you can make the decision to change from death to life. And it's not a hard thing to do. It, all it requires of you is to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and to believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. That word saved means rescued and delivered. What are we being rescued and delivered? We're being rescued and delivered from the penalty of sin. And as we said, the penalty of sin is death. But God wants you to have the gift that he has given you, which is Jesus Christ and eternal life. It says, with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. And that everyone that calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Yes. Now, I want you to know today, if you 
have come to that crossroad in your life where this decision needs to be made, I want you to make the decision today. Why? Because it's important that you begin the process of changing your soul's journey in order to give God praise for what he's done for you. Now, I also want to let you know that this is not an individual event, but this is a team sport, which means that we're going to come alongside you and assist you along this journey. How are we going to do that? Our contact information is this. You can email us at info at godshousecc.com. That's info at godshousecc.com. Or you can text us at 864-920-0100. Let us know that you've made that decision and we will come alongside you and assist you along that, along this journey that you will begin to conform to the image of Christ and glorify God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this series and I thank you for an opportunity for us to discuss how to be healthy in our body, our mind, and our soul. Give us that spirit of conviction to live that life that gives you glory in our body, our mind, and our soul. That we will make those decisions and walk that path where we will do those things that will be conducive to living a long life on this earth, but most of all, a life that gives you glory in all aspects. So, Father, we just bless you and we thank you for those that have made the decision to accept your gift this day and that you will use them for your glory. We thank you and we honor you for it all. In your son Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, friends and family, that's episode number three, which is our final episode of this series, Be Healthy. We just want to encourage you to go back onto our YouTube page, review these again. And as we get ready next week to start our new series, come on back and catch us so that you can Continue on. We're, we're setting things up to get us ready for the winter time and the new year. I'm quite sure you're going to enjoy our next series. And come on next week and you'll hear about what it's, a, what it's going to be, be about. Well, that's it for this week. And as we say every week, God's blessings be upon you in Jesus' name. Amen.